Driven mofos, I wanted to mention something that means a lot to me. When I was younger, everyone doubted me, and their doubts became my doubts. Their fears festered inside my mind, and I hated myself, as I knew I could do so much more in life. I just didn't know where to start, and failure would reinforce what a loser I already believed I was. If it wasn't for listening to audios just like this, which I spent tens of thousands of dollars on, I would have probably ended it all. I know that there are so many people out there who feel this way and are holding themselves back from greatness. So if I could ask just one favor today, it would be that you share this podcast with just one person, as it may make all the difference and start them on a new path. Being average and fitting in isn't even an option. It's like, fuck it, I wanna be above the average and I wanna do better shit. The most driven people in the world want to build great empires and leave a great legacy. This podcast, The Underestimated Entrepreneur, is my attempt at documenting the lessons I'm learning on my way to building a $100 million empire that helps people perform better in life and business. My hope is that you use these lessons to live a kick-ass life while building your own empire and leaving a powerful legacy. I hope you share and enjoy. This is a special podcast that I recently did with founder of the White Collar Trading Podcast and owner of Plumifier, Matt Zubinick. We dive into building a $100 million empire, better solutions to mental health problems, how to reduce self-sabotage and self-destructive thoughts, plus a ton more. This is part one of a four-part series. Remember to share this episode if you enjoy it. You can watch the whole interview live on my YouTube channel at MichaelMojo00 on YouTube. My guest today on the White Collar Trading Podcast is Michael Mojo Johnson. Michael, like I said, instead of doing the usual introduction, I might get you to Give us a bit of a background about yourself and uh, how do you explain what you do now? Uh, OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, look, um, I started working in mental performance. I realized that everyone knows what to do. They just don't do it. And whatever's going on in their head is normally the thing that either helps them to succeed and achieve great things or destroys everything. Mm. So um, that's sort of, uh, I guess, the, the most simple way. Um, but then from there, we realized that most people who are coming through our vets were business owners. Um, there was a ton of them uh, that... You know, they struggled with leadership, they struggled with management, they struggled with communication. Um, that then impacted their ability for their business to grow. They would complain about their team all the time, how shit everyone was. Mm. Um, and it was all just human behavior problems. You know, I think um, if most people look at a business, we're talking like 90 to 95% human behavior problems and 5% strategy or some sort of a system problem. Mm -hmm. You know, if you build the best systems and put an idiot in charge of it, they're going to fuck it all up. And yeah. um, so I think most business owners... I don't really think they actually look at the impact of human behavior in their business. There's so much area to grow, but it's just most people don't really look at it. You know, sales mm. is all human behavior. Marketing is human behavior. Branding is human behavior. The team, uh, you know, in, in the delivery and, and the work that they do is all human behavior. You've got a bloke on the tools who's had a shitty day. You know, the missus is reamed him because he, you know, did whatever last night. And then he's now he's fucking, he, come, he comes to work. He's all pissed off. He's frustrated. How, how effective is he, is he going to be that day? Like mm. he's not thinking about work. He's thinking about all the shit that's going on at home. Yeah. You know, if you have another employee who's got a health problem, they're thinking about how bad their back is, their neck pain, their shoulder pain, their health issue that they've got. They're not thinking about work. Mm. And then, so a lot of people say, I've got shit staff, but they don't have shit staff. They just don't know how to manage the behavior within the staff or their mindset and, and so yeah. on. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I do. I'm the owner of Mojo Human Performance and Mojo Business Multiplier. And just, just a little bit briefly about how you got into it. Like, what is your from, I guess, you used to be a diesel mechanic. If yep. we start from that point, maybe, and just how you got to today. Whew, okay, let's go <laughs> Let's go back a long story. I feel I feel like a geezer now because I'm like, it was 20 years ago. Uh, um, people need a background when they listen, I suppose. It would be nice to know. Yeah. Um, well, 
originally I didn't know what I wanted to do. I got kicked out of school when I was 15, thought, you know, I'm just some fucking dropkick loser. I'm not going to get anywhere in life. I got put into special classes. All the teachers said that I had like ADD, dyslexia, all of that shit. Like I used to just mm. run a mark. Um, I used to get picked on a lot as wide, bright red hair, freckles, I was chubby. Um, and when I got expelled from school, I just fell into this like downhill spiral where I was like, there's no point to even being here anymore. I was in trouble at school all the time. I'm in trouble at home. And I just thought, fuck it, you know, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm done. And, um, you know, the, the one thing that saved my life that night was just thinking of my best mate. He'd been through a lot and I thought, you know, I can't, I can't do this to him. Um, then from there, I just thought, you know, what, I, I can't please anyone else. I've just got to look after myself. So I ended up deciding to go back to school, finished off grade 12, did whatever subjects I wanted, had no fucking idea what I wanted to do in life. I knew I wasn't going to, uni- going, to going to go to university and I knew I wasn't going to be a rocket like scientist or some shit. Um, so I, I became a diesel mechanic because I love working on cars and I've always been a car guy. So I just thought, you know, there's technology there. There's my, mining is cool. Mm-hmm. Let's just get into it. So did that fucking hated it. You know, every day I used to go to work. I was just one of those drones that mumbled every morning when I got to work. Oh, fucking hell. And here again, this piece of fucking shit, shit hole. Then the boss would come out and he'd go, you know, Mike, we need to do this, this. And I'm like, ah, fuck off. Like, you know, it's just one of those really down negative pricks. I was like that for a while until I realized that the one place that I loved was the gym. That was the only place that ever made me feel good about myself. After work, all my mates went to the pub. They were all drinking all the time. They gambled most of their money away. And I thought, this isn't really what I want. I always enjoyed making money. Um, from a young age, my grandparents were always mucking around with the share market. But I never thought they were wealthy. But you know, later on in life, I found that they were extremely wealthy. Yep. Um, they weren't. They, they never got handed money. It's just my grandpa worked really, really hard. He started at the bottom of what was Etsy Utilities back then and became one of the like high-level directors or board members or something like that. So he'd worked extremely hard and they lived poor, but they saved everything and put into shares. And so they ended up making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I never realized that because they're always tied us as when I grew up. So there was just this vibe around shares and making money and, and stuff like that that I picked up from them. And so I was like, you know what? I want to go and figure out how to make money and, and, and do this. So I thought, you know what? I didn't, didn't really know what I wanted to do, thought I'm going to go back, become a personal trainer, go and study after hours. The thing that scared the shit out of me though, was I was put in a special classes, told that I was dyslexic, told I had learning difficulties. So going back to study scared the living shit out of me. I thought I'm going to go back there. I'm an adult going to study with all these young kids. They've just finished school, you know, or, or maybe they hadn't. Um, and I've got to go back now. At the time I thought I was old, but I was like 22 yeah. or 21. Um, <laughs> Went back, studied, and I was a straight-A student. And I thought, fuck, what's going on here? You know, at school, I was always in trouble. But when I found the thing that I loved, I just dived deep into it. Mm. So I'm a straight-A student, started getting like job offers and, and all of that. But I was like, I want to finish off my apprenticeship. Then I got a phone call one day that my best mate had been in a car accident. And he was the reason why I didn't kill myself when I was 15. Got there, found out his niece, his niece was killed in that car accident. And he had, you know, some pretty decent injuries. And I just remember being at her funeral and watching this little white coffin going with the ground, just going, how the fuck can life just be taken away just like that? Like here I am bitching and moaning about this shitty life that I have, complaining about everything, but she never even got to live. Mm. So it was a huge wake up call. And for the first time ever, I thought, what's the purpose of my life? And then how am I going to be remembered when I'm not here? And they were like the big driving questions for me. That stuck in my mind for a while. And then this one day I got called into the boss's office and I got signed off my apprenticeship early. And I just remember this sinking feeling like almost as though I was going to throw up because the idea that I was going to be stuck somewhere that I fucking hated for the rest of my life was just gut wrenching. Mm -hmm. And there was this thing inside my head of like, 
do I stay or do I just pack my shit up, put it in the car and then just drive to the local gym and just say, give me a job. Like I'll do anything. Well, I decided to put my shit in the car and I said to the boss, like I'm out of here. I, at the time I worked for a trucking company. Um, I did part of my apprenticeship at the Caterpillar dealer and then moved to uh, a trucking company. And I remember the boss saying to me, it was this old Italian guy who, who, um, had a large trucking company. And he said to me, Michael, don't end up like the rest of these fuckers. Go do what you love. They were his exact words. And, uh, threw my shit in the car, drove to mum dad's house where I was living at the time, unpacked all my toolbox and my mum comes out, you know, what are you going to do with your life? And I was like, I'm going to become a personal trainer. She's like, there's no money in personal training. No one makes money. We're talking like, you know, 20 years ago now or, or 18 years ago. So back then it was personal trainers were just like, I don't know, they'd rock up to the gym. They were like half in footy shorts, half yeah. in thongs. They'd chuck their, their running gear on. The gym was like those aerobics chicks, you know, like aerobic old style back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it wasn't really like a serious industry. I just walked into the local gym and I was like, look, give me an opportunity. I'll do anything like I'll clean toilets. And they said, you can work on the desk. So I worked on the desk, scanning barcodes as people would come in. But within four weeks, the boss came to me and he's like, everyone knows you here now. Like you, you talk to everybody, you go on train with the boys after hours, you know, like a lot of stuff. Cause I would spend most of my time just studying and learning. And he said, look, if you don't tell anyone you're not qualified, why don't you just start as a personal trainer? And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. So I started there, um, worked in that industry, uh, set up a franchise system. And then I got asked to go and speak at other gyms and also to run like a 10 week challenge. When I did that, I realized that I loved teaching and I loved helping people through communication and, and coaching and, and teaching. So that sort of engaged the love for the, the speaking and, and mm. so on like I do now. Um, but I really just wanted to help people and I kept studying and I kept learning. What I realized was at first I thought personal training and learning how to lift weights was going to be the thing that I love to do. But after a while, I realized that most of my clients had issues with recovery. So that, you know, that have injuries or that have bloating or they wouldn't lose weight. And so I thought, shit, I need to go back and study nutrition. So I went and did a heap of courses on nutrition. And then I realized that there was a heap of injuries and they would go on to physios and chiros and a whole bunch of other therapists. Um, and they were sort of getting results, but I knew that I could help as well. So I went back and studied physical rehabilitation, strength and conditioning, and I kept going. Eventually I ended up getting poached from the gym that I was at to go and work at Fitness First when they first came to Adelaide. And mm -hmm. so I was one of the first trainers at Highmarsh here on Port Road. So I worked there for a year and then there was a medical center that ended up poaching me to go and work in there. And they gave me my, essentially my own physical therapy area. Um, and I just worked almost as a personal trainer, but doing a lot of physical rehab some athletic performance and, and so on. Did that for a while. And, um, I just remember sitting in the medical center one day and I was talking to this guy who was like this big bikey dude, tattoos, big goatee, all of that. Like this guy was, he looked pretty tough, uh, especially when I was this skinny little kid with, oh, back in the day I was shredded, but I was this shredded dude with fake tan and all that, you know, back in the, in the Ziz days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the stereosonics. Yeah. And he's just telling me about all of these problems that he's got. And he's like, Michael, you know, they think that it's all in my head. And I was like, well, shit, it's probably true. Cause it seems like he knows what to do, but he's just not doing it. So I started exploring the idea that maybe our mindset plays more of a role in our life than what we actually can comprehend. Now I remember doing psychology or part of psychology when I was studying personal training. And I remember them talking about it and I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Like mm. your mind just creates and destroys your life and your mindset does all this stuff. And I was like, what a fucking load of shit. Like you just wake up and you just do things. But I started realizing how much of an impact it had because there was a psychologist who worked at the medical center as well. I started asking them questions like, why is it that someone's depressed? Why is it that these people have anxiety issues? Why does this happen? And a lot of the time she didn't give me very good answers. 
as in it was like they were very keen to diagnose things, but wouldn't get to the bottom of it. It was like, well, it's just a chemical okay. imbalance. And I'm like, yeah, but why? Yeah. Well, it's just how it is. And I'm like, but how the fuck? Like, why, why can someone go 30 years without a chemical imbalance and now it's imbalanced? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and because of my diesel mechanic background, because I used to work for Caterpillar, we would have to break down machinery. Like if an engine had a malfunction, you'd pull the whole thing down and you'd get down to every, like the last little bit where you might find metal filings in the, in the oil. Well, why? And then, so you mm. keep pulling it all apart and then, you know, it, it might be a bearing or something like that. But then why did the bearing fail? Was it an oil problem? Was there dirt in the oil? Like, was there a contaminant? Was there the metal like weak? What was it? So we would, we would go right down to the like minuscule to find out why, why something was like that. And so that really drove me to try and figure out why people are the way that they are. And I wasn't, I, I don't think that I was happy with the idea that something was just a chemical imbalance or it was just the way that it was, or they were just born that way, which sometimes it is, sometimes it's a genetic issue, but very rarely is it a genetic issue. Um, and so, yeah, I just kept exploring and traveled all around the world and just found people way smarter than me to learn from. And, um, you know, I'm still very open-minded to try to figure all this shit out. And the more that I implemented my own mindset work in my own life, the more I was able to grow the business that I have now, I was able to travel the world. I was able to connect with amazing people. And then, you know, now where I can be, well, I'm the private coach to rich listers, um, professional athletes, um, yourself, um, Mm. you know, and, and, and a community of other business owners or other people who just want to be better in life and, and know that there's a gap between where they want to be in their own life and where they are. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that gap ever closes. I just think that you just keep dreaming bigger and, yeah. and life becomes bigger and more fun and you have more opportunities. Um, but I'm always trying to close that gap every day. I'm like, how can I fucking be better than yesterday? Like mm-hmm. 1% better than yesterday at the end of the year, the person that I am at the end of this year is going to be completely different than last year. I think most people live life where at the end of every year, it's worse than what it was last year because they get to a point, I think maybe in their early thirties, maybe late twenties where they've reached the peak of their life. You know, they mm-hmm. might be married kids. Um, they've got a career now they've got a mortgage, they've, they've got a couple of friends, but they used to go out and party and they reach that peak. And then after that, it's just like, well, now I just work. Now I just do this. Now I got four weeks holiday. Now I got Christmas, you know, now I got Easter. And it's like, it's just this monotonous shitty fucking life that they just accept because it's normal. But I think that there are a lot of people out there, yourself included, and, and I'm one of them where being average and fitting in isn't even an option. It's like, fuck it. I want to be above the average and I want to do better shit. Like I want better mm. cars. I want a better house. I want to be able to travel when I want. I want to be able to think differently. I want to be able to connect with amazing people. I want to go do cool shit in life. I don't want to just accept that I'm an average because I think average is shit, especially when you've got 60 something percent of the population is obese or overweight. You know, the average Australian has pretty much zero savings in their bank account. Like average is just dog shit in life. Mm. And then below average is like even more dog shit. Mm-hmm. Once I understood that, it's like, well, now how can I just be the best that I can be throughout life where I can really enjoy this game? Like, yeah. I think life's just a game. Yeah. And you just play the pieces that you've got. Driven mofos, I'm guessing that you found out about this podcast because someone shared it with you, posted it on their Insta stories, tweeted it, or something like that. I hope you're enjoying the podcast and getting a heap of value from it, just like those who shared it with you. As you know, I don't run any paid ads or sponsorship on this podcast, as it's my goal to get good information out to the world for free. The only thing that I'd ask from you is that you continue to pay it forward by sharing this episode and letting others know about what we do in this podcast so that we can keep growing this amazing community of driven mofos. So please keep the good karma rolling and share this episode with someone or just share it on your socials entrepreneurship it's a word that's thrown around a lot these days and mm-hmm. um i think it's often 
oh, well, definitely overused and definitely misunderstood as well. But I think like for you, it's definitely a fitting because you've definitely forged your own path, not a typical career path. And I guess that's probably what the meaning of entrepreneur is or one of them. And I, I I'm guessing along that path has been quite a few times where you, you wanted to give up, man, or you were doubts were creeping in your mind about, are you on the right track? And I wanted to ask you, like, how have you moved past and overcome those doubts that you've had? That's a ripper question. I, I'm not sure that you do. I think that it would be ignorant to think that doubt is a negative. Mm -hmm. I think that doubt is a very good thing because I think those who are overconfident tend to fuck things up. I think that when you've got doubt, you tend to mitigate risk you tend to think through things more effectively. You know, there's, there's one type of personality in entrepreneurship that I've seen, which just tends to go flat out all the time. They do really, really well, but then everything falls apart and then they go really, really hard and then everything falls apart. I think in a more intelligent way is knowing that the doubt is there, knowing that the fear is there, but it's there for a very specific reason. Mm -hmm. When I've worked with, um, people who, who do things in extreme sports, they're very, they tend to be very intelligent as in they look at a risk. They assess the risk. They go, how do we mitigate the risk? And I'm still going to fucking do it anyway. Yeah. So when you're doing a double backflip on a motorbike, it's not that they're just getting out there and just going balls to the wall and holding a flat stick and then hitting a ramp and just hoping that it goes. Mm. They have planned it. They've done the flip multiple times into a foam pit. And then over time, they've created this confidence within themselves that they can do it. And then they give it a shot. Does it always work? No. But they've mitigated as many risks as they possibly can to make it as safe as possible. The difference between a professional and an amateur is that a professional knows the risks, they assess the risks, and then they get shit done anyway. Mm -hmm. The amateur just goes flat out or they don't do anything. Mm. I think that's the difference. So I don't think that it, it's so much about the fear because I still have the fear. I still worry about things. Um, you know, I still have doubts in the back of my mind, but I know that there, there is a huge benefit. And if I have doubt in something, it's just telling me that there's, there's something that I haven't thought through well enough. Yeah. So let's go back. Let's explore it. But I also don't let that shit hold me back. Every morning I wake up and I go and look at what my mission is and what I'm trying to achieve long-term. And that's the thing that drives my behaviors, hmm. not the fear, not the worry, not whether I'm happy, unhappy, all that bullshit that society, um, perpetuate, which is like, you know, you've got to be happy in life. Fuck happiness. The only people that want happiness are those who are unhappy. When you're just doing shit, you're in flow and you don't really care about happiness or unhappiness. Like, you know, when you're playing with your kids, you're not sitting there going, oh, this is good. I'm really happy about this. Like you just play with them mm. because like in that moment you're having, like you're enjoying yourself. You're seeing them have fun. Um, that, that's the only way that I can describe it. Like when I'm doing something like right now, I'm not thinking this isn't work. This is just something that I do. Mm. So I think there's a difference between being present with what you do and being fulfilled in what you do versus the idea of being happy, which is normally a byproduct of unhappiness mm -hmm. or a lot of people want life to be easy, but that's why they're extremely uneasy in life or they want comfort, but they're trying to mitigate or they're, they're trying to balance out their discomfort. You know, like when you when business is going shit, you just want business to go easy. Yeah. But if you just wake up in the morning, you focus on what you got to get done throughout the day. At the end of the day, you're like, yeah, cool. I just mm. got shit done. Everything seemed to work. Cool. We do it again tomorrow. So from your experience, do you think even the most elite people that you work with still have doubts? Because, you know, from the outside looking in, you'd think it like some of these elite people that we both know, and you know even more than me, a lot of people would think, oh, they never doubt themselves. Do you, do, you, do you think they all have doubts? Yeah. I, I think the only reason why that happens is because society has this idea that 
there are these superhero-like figures that are not human. Mm. That gives them an excuse to get off. It, it really allows them off their own hook. The truth is they're humans. Mm. All humans do dumb shit. All humans make mistakes. You know, I know that every person that I work with, and I don't give a fuck whether they show on social media that they walk across water or whatever. Every time I work with someone, they've got a dark box of secrets that they hide inside their own mind and everyone's got it there and they hope that no one finds the fucking key. Yeah. So everyone's got shit that they're ashamed of. Everyone's got things that they're guilty about. Everyone's got things of the past that they wish they could change. Everyone's got it. Yeah. Everyone has fears, worries, doubts. It just depends. Like what level of the game do you want to play at? You know, when I, I in my events, I say that life is just like school. There's a whole bunch of lessons at every level. And then there's a test. So it doesn't matter whether you're playing in grade one or it doesn't matter whether you're playing in grade seven. The test is always hard, but the test is relative to the knowledge that you have. Yeah. So when you're running a hundred million dollar business, the test that you're getting, you get sued. You're not going to get sued for, you know, 20 grand. You're mm -hmm. going to get sued for 3 million, 5 million, 10 million. Does that suck? Fucking oath it does. It, it sucks a lot. When you're running a million dollar business, you're probably going to get sued for your 20 or 50 grand or maybe even a hundred grand. And that sucks. But when you've got no money, no one's going to sue you. Yeah. It's like levels. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. So I think that every, every challenge that you have is always relative to the size that you're playing at. So I don't want to get rid of problems. I just want bigger problems because that's the level of the game I'm playing at. And I heard a saying years ago, like, would you rather rock up to your problems in an old bashed up Datto or would you rather rock up in a supercar or a Ferrari or, you know, whatever, whatever your ideal car is or yeah. whatever. What I know is that I'd rather rock up to my problems in a fucking brand new Goldstream private jet yeah. than, than what I would, you know, some old clapped out, you know, <laughs> yeah, dads yeah. In the, the, that I've gone bush bashing with. Yeah. Um, it all depends. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't project onto other people the size of life that they want to play at. Like there are some people out there who just, you know, their, their priority in life is to do everything for their kids and to work a nine to five job and spend as much time with their kids as they can. And there's nothing wrong with that. That That's their objective in life. And if they can achieve that target, they're probably doing better than most. But if you've got a desire to want to build an empire or to build a business, if you, if you thought about spending the majority of your time with your family, you'd be absolutely miserable because in the back of your mind, you're always going to want to build that empire. Mm -hmm. So you've got to really know what you want and then go and live that lifestyle. That's all that it really comes down to. And I think no matter who it is, everyone's playing, everyone's trying to figure it out and everyone is trying to move towards it. So when you figure it out, it's easy to move towards it, but that the more, the more you learn, the bigger the goal becomes. Mm. So no one ever really gets there. Yeah. That's what I think anyway. I've never really met someone who, who gets what they really want in life because it always grows. Mm -hmm. So someone builds a, a million dollar business. Once you get there, you're like, yeah, cool. Now what's next? Yeah. And then it grows again, but you build that confidence, you build the knowledge and you're like, man, shit, maybe we can build a five. And then you get to five and it's like, maybe I can build a 10. Well, once you get a 10, well, why not build a 30? And then, and it keeps growing, but that's, I believe that the purpose of life is growth. What a better way than having these goals that keep expanding as you expand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Business is hard as fuck. Mm -hmm. And anyone who's run a business for an extended period of time would, would vouch for that. And you work with a lot of really elite business people and I'd love who, you know, and they've had success over a a long period, a long sustained period of time. And for instance, well, I wanted to ask you like what, for instance, like the Elon Musk of the world that come up against seemingly insurmountable 
pressures and, you know, barriers, but they, they continually come out on top. And I'm sure you work with some people like that. Mm -hmm. What separates them? People who just will not, will not fucking stop even when they're under the most insurmountable pressures and barriers. Depends what you're talking about. So if you're talking about mentally, that's different than business pressures. They're, they're sort of similar, but they're different. So mm -hmm. I, I personally have never met Elon Musk, so I can't, I can't say how he thinks through things and, and how he problem solves. I would love to meet him because I normally when I'm meeting someone, I'm asking a lot of questions to try to figure out how they think through their processes and, and how they overcome challenges and how they overcome obstacles. Cause it's great for me to teach that to other people, which I guess that's what separates me is that when a lot of my clients are being rich listers or, or they've done extremely well in business, mm -hmm. I can go and learn from those people as well as coaching them and, and helping them to improve their mental performance. Um, but I can also go back and teach other business owners that this is how you need to think through things. I think that Elon is just very, very smart and, and a lot of big business owners are just very, very smart that they are aware of the mission that they want and they realize that you just need to do whatever you, you need to do in order to get that mission achieved. Mm -hmm. I think that's number one. The other thing is that I don't think that they are delusional around what it actually takes. Mm. I think that most people are very delusional. They start a business and they're like, you know, I get to do what I want, when I want, how I want. I'm like, motherfucker, have you, yeah. you, do you even know what you're talking about? That was going to be a question. I took it out, but I'm glad <laughs> you brought it up. You know, like when, when someone says that to me, I'm, I always muck around with people on the phone because I'm a bit of a larrikin as well. Um, I'm also very serious. Like, you, you know, you've probably seen people who come to some of my events, like my mindset events, they might be medical doctors and shit like that, or have science degrees. And so I'm, I'm serious, but I also like a bit of a laugh because I think life's too short to take everything too seriously. But someone will say like, you know, I just want to start a business so I can do what I want, when I want, how I want. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I also want to yeah. like... I want to run my business from the Playboy Mansion to have Playboy bunnies like massage yeah. my shoulders and shit every day when I'm working. And it's like, okay, but now let's get rid of the bullshit and the fantasy. What do you actually want it for? Like, mm -hmm. what are you trying to achieve? I think when people feel trapped, like our brain, I believe, and this is, this is my philosophy on mental performance. Our brain is always trying to counterbalance itself. Anything that has a positive charge attracts a negative charge in any field of science, apart from human behavior and psychology or social science. So there's all this idea of positive thinking, but the people that I see who always go to positive thinking events are actually quite negative. So they'll beat themselves up. They don't think they're with where they want to be. And they put a lot of pressure on themselves and they think if I'm more positive, then life will be better. But by being positive, you tend not to look at the negative things or the downsides, or you don't tend to mitigate risk. And then, so you end up back in a shit storm again, and then you want more positivity. And so it creates this vicious cycle, mm -hmm. everything in nature that tends to be, um, tends to be stable tends to have the best growth. So if, if you want to be like, if you want to have a good business, you want a stable business, you want a stable business with consistency and consistent growth versus a business that's fast growth and then collapses in on itself because it just can't sustain its own, its own weight. Um, so I believe our mindset is very, very similar to that. Now, when someone wants freedom, it's normally because they feel trapped. So when mm. someone's like, I just want financial freedom, I'm like, you're stuck financially, aren't you? And they're like, oh yeah, you know, I just don't like the stress. And I'm like, of course you don't. But at the same time, the reason why you're broke is because when you get money, you go out and you blow your money on trying to be free, but then that makes you feel trapped again because now you've got no cash. Mm -hmm. And the same as like people who tend to have, tend to go to work and they're, they're miserable and they're unhappy and they work like mining is a great example. People go up to the mines and not everybody does this, but a lot of people do it. They go up to the mines, they try to get ahead financially. They're fucking miserable. They complain about how shit it is up there. 
Then they get home. Well, how do they counterbalance being unhappy? Buying shit. But yeah, they've got to go and find where their happiness is and their happiness is in buying all this shit because they're trying to buy back their happiness with the money that they've got. Yeah. So yep. now they've got the boat, the jet ski, the two motorbikes, the, <laughs> the three cars, and they're still broke as shit. And their goal was to get in the, into, the, uh, into the mines for a year, pay off all their debt, get some sort of financial independence. And now they're financially fucked because they've spent all of their cash, mm. gone into more debt because the bank will loan them more money, and now they're trapped for another two years. Mm -hmm. And so there's this vicious cycle that happens. So when it comes to business, I think that the most intelligent business owners realize that it's not supposed to be easy. If it was easy, why doesn't everyone do it? Like if I just said to you, you know, Hey, at the end of the year, I'll just give you a million bucks. Wouldn't everyone take that? Mm. You don't have to do any work. I'll just give it to you. The reason why a million bucks, it, not many people have a million bucks is because it's fucking tough to get it. Yeah. So, you, you know, I was, I was actually talking to, um, a professional athlete only, uh, a, a couple of days ago and. I said to him, like, you, you must have a pretty good mindset. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, I don't know. I just, and I was like, but hang on, in order to get where you're at, you have to live an extremely imbalanced lifestyle. Like to be a professional athlete, mm. you don't have lifestyle balance. You have an extreme imbalance, but it's balanced for the athlete. To wake up every morning, to go to training, to look after nutrition, to put the sport ahead of everything, family, friends, all of that stuff in order to, to do what you do and to make a shitload of money, to have the media attack you and all that sort of stuff like the media do with athletes. It is a very hard thing. Mm. It's not easy. And that's the reason why most people aren't professional athletes. Yeah. But most people fantasize about it. So when you're at school, most people are like, you know, I just want to be an athlete. Like it'd be awesome to play professional football. But the thing is that you're not dedicated. You don't have the skill set. You know, I grew up with uh, one of my friends who, um, he played AFL football and, and was quite good. He won a McGarry medal and, um, you know, some, uh, he, he did quite well in, in the AFL as well. He was in there for a long time. And for him, I remember playing high school footy with him and he's like, I got to go home because I got to ice. Mm -hmm. And you're like, dude, just come out and drink. No, nah, man, I got to go home and ice. And then he's eating like his fucking steamed fish and shit because he had to be underweight for preseason and everything like that. You know, he was just very, very dedicated. He made it. Everyone else didn't because we went drinking and went and picked yeah, up sheets. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. He. So I think in business, returning this back to business, and I know I'm rambling a bit, coming back to business, it's an extremely tough thing. You know, 56% um, of all businesses fail within four years in this country. And I think it's something like 92% of businesses never crack $2 million in annual turnover. 84, 86% never have more than four staff. Mm. So if you've got more than four staff and have over $2 million in turnover, you're like a fucking unicorn. But when you speak to most of those business owners, they hang around with other business owners and they're like, yeah, but I, I want to crack 10 mil because they're hanging out with other people who are doing it. Yeah. But when you go out into society, there's not many people who have $2 million in annual turnover. Mm. There's not many business owners that have more than four staff. Like, you know, you've probably seen a lot of tradies out there who have, you know, there's like them and one other tradie that works for them, maybe an admin chick or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's tough. It is. But you know, you don't get in the ring with Mike Tyson if you don't want to, you know, if you don't want to cop some punches and you don't want to punch back, like mm -hmm. don't play the game if you don't want to play the game. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Remember to tune in tomorrow for the next part of this four part series. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate this podcast by clicking the stars on the podcast home screen and follow to get notified for when new episodes drop.